Kathy Renna is Communications Director for the National LGBTQ Task Force, and she's here to talk about the upcoming midterm election and give us her spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Kathy. Hi, great to be here. Tell us about the uh, Task Force new election ad campaign that they're doing with uh, Equality Texas and Equality Florida. I'd be happy to. We were absolutely thrilled. Um, we were approached by Wide Angle Research, which is a nonprofit research group that's really focused on doing, you know, policy, persuasive policy research, and then sort of creating, you know, collateral that will move people. They're very powerful ads. And so we immediately jumped in to be part of the coalition of groups leveraging these ads, whether through digital or, you know, on television. And so we're thrilled to be working with the folks at Equality Texas and Equality Florida, two states where, of course, there is a tremendous amount going on. And, and I think the key with these ads, you know, whether they're about the attempts to literally take trans children away from their affirming families or whether it's about book bans or the don't say gay types of legislation that we're seeing or essentially any attempt to erase our community, they're hard-hitting. They're animated, but they're super hard-hitting. And the key is that you know, these are not presented as nightmare scenarios. I, mean, I think people will see these ads and say, oh, that's so terrible, that can't happen. But the reality is it's already happening, and that's our message here, is that you know, if we want to save our not just our community but our democracy, we need to be letting folks know what's really going on out there. And so that's why we were very, very quick to say, yes, we're in, and uh, we will help with the national component of this. So the ads have been running on the website of thehill.com, which is a, you know, one of the premier media outlets that policymakers, elected officials, folks who really need to see this because they really do show the impact of what these attacks and legislation are doing to folks in our community. What do you hope to accomplish with this uh, joint campaign? It's about making this real. You know, in some ways, some of these pieces of legislation, some of these issues, and, and even you know, talking about trans people in general can be somewhat abstract. You know, there are not enough folks that know trans and non-binary people or gender-diverse folks in our community. And so showing a very succinct, hard-hitting, very realistic version of what is happening now and what could continue to happen in other places is really important. And two states where that is very much the case are Texas and Florida. So, you know, I think partnering up with those groups and really reaching people. This is not necessarily about reaching the mushy middle, as folks like to call it. This is about really energizing our base, similar to our Queer the Vote campaign, really trying to reach folks in our community, allies, progressive folks who are wondering what's going on and asking questions and need to really have that message hit them at home. And I think that's what these ads do. And so, you know, this is one component of a lot of things we're doing, but it's one that I'm very proud of because I think it will be very impactful. With the uh, midterm elections, tell us about what the task force is doing with Queering the Vote. Sure. I mean, our Queer the Vote campaign has been going on for some time now, uh, and it's got, you know, several components. There are several pieces to it. I mean, one is that we've actually got people on the ground. Uh, we had people on the ground in central Florida for some very important, particularly school board elections. Now, we knew that they were going to be tough, and we knew there was a pretty high probability that we would not be able to win in those primaries, but it's about building a base, and it's about the long game, especially in states like Florida. And now we're just, we're doing it, you know, sort of both national and local work. Uh, we have a national digital ad campaign for Queer the Vote. It's focused in LGBTQ media primarily, and it is really meant to say, 
hey, are you paying attention? You know, are you registered? Do you know when it's time to vote or whether you can early vote or whether you can vote by mail? So if you go to queerthevote.org, you can get all the information you need to make sure that you are prepared. And there's also the opportunity to get engaged, which is uh, another piece of this. We're doing virtual kikis with folks to help do phone banking, to encourage others to vote, and to make sure folks are not just informed and engaged, but, you know, starting to do the work. I mean, don't just go vote yourself. Talk to five or ten of your friends and make sure that they're voting as well. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the uh, Biden administration, especially with the uh, crucial midterm election just around the corner? Yeah, it's a really good question. Uh, the challenge is, let's see what happens with the midterm elections. I mean, the way we've been thinking about it and planning for it, because I think this is one of those things where all of our organizations have to be prepared and planned for the different outcomes, right? And we've sort of characterized them as the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? I mean, there's, the, you know, the good outcome. If we hold or even grow presence uh, in the Senate, Congress, governorships, and, you know, all the other elections that are happening, that we can actually continue to move things forward. You know, whether that is the Equality Act, which has been languishing, unfortunately, in the Senate because it has passed the House twice now, uh, whether it's the new legislation like the Respect for Marriage Act, but also all the other pieces of policy and legislation that we're concerned about. I don't have to tell your listeners overstate the importance of the need to do work around reproductive justice. The repeal of Roe was tremendous and already impacts us. I mean, it impacts us on the level of bodily autonomy, access to gender-affirming care, and creating families as you know diverse queer families. That's a critical, critical piece that really, really needs to be looking at. So if things go well, hopefully we can make some progress. Um, if things don't go well, we're going to be on the defensive again, and we're going to have to really work hard to try and hold off attacks that we know will be coming from the GOP. Well, I actually heard something on you know mainstream TV that if the GOP does take control, one of the things that they want to do is impeach Biden. Yeah, they've been talking about that a lot. I mean, I think that you got to find a way as news consumers to balance all these hypotheticals with, you know, what actually is happening and what is much more likely to happen. I mean, of course, they're going to go to the extreme. They're going to try and do all kinds of things. It's hard. It's very disheartening. It's sad. It makes us angry to see some of those representatives in the House and in the Senate saying, as your example, extraordinarily outrageous things. But the unfortunate thing is some of those things are possible. So I think people are, you know, they're doing the worst-case scenario, and I think we have to be prepared for that as well. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids these days, especially in these challenging times? Well, you know, that question hits home. My daughter came out to me a few years ago, and she just turned 17. She lives in Texas, and she goes to a high school for performing visual arts, so she's surrounded by a lot of other queer kids, but most of them don't have affirming families. And I recently visited her, and, you know, they just want to hang out with me because it's nice to have an adult who's affirming. I think it's really critical that we step up as adults, allies, parents, community members, leaders, activists, I was at a high school just a couple weeks ago in New Jersey, the Pingree School, and I spoke about LGBTQ history. I basically did a sort of a, a walk through the historical times from, you know, a little bit before the 60s, but then mostly through the Stonewall era, era to now with about 850 students. 
And it was a really extraordinary experience. Even more powerful was afterwards I had a chance to meet with both the middle and high school LGBT student groups at this school. And, you know, one of the things that came through was just their lives were so much better because they had support in their administration. They had, a lot of them had support of families, and they also had the support of each other. And I think as we see kids coming out younger and younger, you know, some, you know, in the hospital environment, some in affirming environments, I think it's really, really important that we step up to support these kids and know they're not alone. Um, there's an article in the Washington Post this week about the Mama Bears, which is an extraordinary organization of moms, uh, many coming from conservative uh, religious backgrounds whose kids came out to them and now they realize that they need to be mama bears for the kids. And they quote Caitlin Ryan, who's the head of the Family Acceptance Project, and she talks about how, you know, even small behaviors, uh, small progress can make such a difference in a kid's life. You know, we've seen the Trevor research that talks about how if a queer youth has one affirming person in their life, it can make that much more of a difference. And that's why I never say no if a high school asks me to come talk because some of those kids don't have an affirming person in their life. And so for them to know that they're not by themselves is the most important thing we can do, frankly, in all of our work. How can people get information about the task force? Well, we're pretty easy to find. You can go to thetaskforce.org. Um, you can also go to taskforceactionfund.org to look at our C4 work and social media, Instagram, Twitter, at the task force and at the task force AF for the Action Fund, <laughs> and um, we're also on Facebook. So we would love for folks to get engaged, sign up for our text alerts, our email alerts, uh, and obviously you can get a tremendous amount of information about what's happening, uh, the work we're doing, and the work that you could be doing with us on the Internet. What other projects are you working on? We're actually working on a lot of things. As some folks know, because we've been talking about it, we are gearing up to celebrate our 50th anniversary next year, which is incredibly exciting. We'll be kicking it off at our annual Creating Change Conference, which will be held February 17th through 21st in San Francisco for the first time. We've never had it in San Francisco. We're super excited about that. We just had a very successful gala in Miami. And, you know, it's not just a big fancy dinner party, although it is a big fancy dinner party. It raises a lot of money for the task force. It also raises a lot of money for local organizations in Florida. And I cannot tell you how much people appreciated us being there and putting together such a successful event. We raised over $900,000. We also have another project that is a, something that I've been working on with one of my colleagues on the communications team, which uh, is funded by the Pop Culture Collaborative called Beyond the Repro Binary. We're going to be launching that next week, and it is essentially a way for us to try and reach uh, cis men, particularly cis gay men, to help them understand why reproductive justice is their fight not just because they are allies or they care about those who are, you know, seemingly more directly affected, but why it affects and impacts them. And it's a really great campaign. I'm so excited to get it out there. We have some amazing people participating. Delon Burnside, who is Ricky from Pose, uh, George Takai, Aiden Dowling, who's an extraordinary trans activist, Rob Smith, who's the CEO of the Fluid Project, and Zach Waltz, who is a straight son of two moms who people may know because he did several viral videos talking about and defending his two moms years ago. He's now actually the Senate minority leader in the state of Iowa. So um, I'm really looking forward to launching that and right before the election, of course, trying to really push out and encourage people and inspire people to get more involved and understand why this is such an important, probably the most important midterm election in my lifetime. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? You know, I get a lot of those kinds of questions all the time. I feel like I'm in a very lucky spot. I think the most important question that people ask me is, 
what can I do? I want to be more involved. I mean, I got a great email from one of the students that was in the audience at that high school I spoke at last week who said, you know, I've done this, I've done that, I'm involved in my high school GSA, but, you know, and I know I'm only 17, but I would love to be more involved. How can I get involved and volunteer? And that could be getting involved with the task force on a virtual level or in person or getting involved in local organizations. You know, to me, that that is the most important question that someone in the queer community can ask. For folks who are not part of the community, what can I do to learn more and be a better ally? To me, that's always the best question because I, I always say ally is a verb. <laughs> ally is not a noun, and it's work. And to do that work, most times have to educate folks. And that's been incredibly gratifying for me to be able to do that as we've been, again, especially with Roe being overturned and working with groups like Planned Parenthood and so many other reproductive rights groups, there's that overlap in the work that we're doing. You know, we are together in doing the work around reproductive justice, but we're also having conversations about many other issues that affect us or issues that affect them. And they're saying, what can we do to be more engaged and be a better ally to the queer community? That's a great question. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra to get you through difficult times? Well, I have many, but I think at this moment in time, uh, I've actually been thinking about this quite a lot and went back and watched her uh, poetry reading at the Biden inauguration. Amanda Gorman, who was a poet laureate, was actually the first youth poet laureate. One of the pieces of her poetry says, there is always light if only we are brave enough to see it. And I think in these incredibly dark times, challenging, painful, where we feel like we are constantly under attack, it's really important that we individually and together try and find light in what we're doing because we have to be able to see that. Otherwise, it's going to be really hard to, to move forward and do the work no matter what happens. 